Hey there, Chip Close here, host of the Restaurant Strategy Podcast. We're about a month away from the P3 Marketing Summit, but we've only got like a dozen tickets left. So this is my last push to try to get the last of these tickets sold. We're capping the event at 100 people. Again, most of these are already filled. If you want to be there, I want you to be there. Go to restaurantstrategypodcast.com. Click the banner across the top to get your tickets now. That link is going to be in the show notes. And make sure to come back because we're doing something really cool, really different today. I'm going to introduce you to my son. He is eight. He has been dining for a very long time simply because of the family he grew up in. We've traveled a lot with him. We take him out to uh, great restaurants, to crappy restaurants, everything in between. Uh, he is a great diner. Uh, but also a great kid and a great uh, reflection of sort of how kids see the dining experience. Uh, I think it's going to be really good. Trust me, you're going to get a lot out of this. Uh, and there's a there's a method to the madness, so don't go anywhere. There's an old saying that goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast with answers for anyone who's looking. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Chip Close, and this is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast dedicated solely to helping you build a more profitable restaurant. Each week, I leverage my 20 plus years in the industry to help you build that more profitable and more sustainable business. I also work directly with owners and operators all over the world through my P3 Mastermind program. Currently, we've got more than 100 people enrolled in the program spread across three different mastermind groups. The program works if you've got a successful restaurant doing over a million dollars a year, you've been open at least a year, but you're struggling to generate consistent, predictable 20% profits, then please get in touch. Set up a free strategy session with me or someone from my team. Visit restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. We'll learn more about you and your restaurant. You'll learn more about the program. Ask questions about the program. Let's see if you're a good fit for the program. If we both feel like you're a good fit, we'll talk about the next steps and we'll go from there. Again, best way to get started is to visit restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. And yes, you'll find that link in the show notes. Now, we all know managing costs is one of the most important parts of running a profitable restaurant, especially now. But between fluctuating vendor prices, waste, labor, and the never-ending list of tasks that demand your attention on a daily basis, it can be challenging for even the most experienced of us to manage costs well. That's where Margin Edge comes in. Margin Edge is a complete restaurant management software that automatically uses data from your POS and invoices to show you your food and labor costs in real time. Don't wait until it's too late. Margin Edge gives you tools to make decisions in the moment, like a daily P&L, price alerts on key ingredients, and real-time plate costs, all without ever having to touch a spreadsheet. Take control of your costs, work more efficiently, and be more profitable. Learn more at marginedge.com chip, and yes, you'll find that link in the show notes. So as I said at the top of the show, I have a very special guest today. I'm really excited to welcome my son. Drumroll, please. Preston. Preston, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Trip. I'm thrilled to have you here. There's a lot of questions I have for you. But first, we should let the audience know a little bit about you. So how old are you? I'm eight. 
And what grade are you in? I'm in third grade. And where do we live? South Orange, New Jersey, right outside New York. And we used to live in Brooklyn, and that's important because I want to talk a little bit about Brooklyn. I want to talk about some of the restaurants in Brooklyn, and then I want to talk about New Jersey and some of the restaurants in New Jersey. Really, I'm interested in asking you a bunch of interesting questions about what it's like to be a kid going out to dinner. Especially such as how you can make restaurants more fair to children so that they can be more included. I love that. So that really gets to the heart of it. So talk to me. What's your favorite food to eat in a restaurant? My favorite food to eat in a restaurant would probably be a t- uh, would probably be meat such as steak, burgers, and pork. Yeah, good. I know that. You are a steak monster. Um, what did you just have for the first time this past weekend? We went to the city and you had a special steak. What did you have? It was a peppercorn sauce steak. That's right. It was steak au poivre. It was technically, I'd say it was about 45% pepper. It was the pepperiest sauce I've ever Tasted. My parents always tell me I'm going to overload with pepper. Even that didn't overload it. The only reason I stopped eating it is because I was too full. Because you were getting full. Okay, so your favorite food is meat, steak, burger, pork. What's uh-huh. like your favorite appetizer? My favorite appetizer? It would probably be something that's soft and smooth because kids sometimes eat too much food at once. So I would make... On the kids, if you had a kids menu and you had a menu with appetizers on it, I'd probably make the meals smaller because a lot of kids I know uh, eat food like really fast at once and they'll end up having no room for like dessert or their main course. That's right. And you have to save room for your main course so you have room Especially for... Especially if it's a tasting menu. Especially if it's a tasting menu. You have done a couple tasting menus, haven't you? Two, right? Two, right. So let's explain to the audience... So what's cool about Preston is he's a kid, right? Like he dines out at all different restaurants. And I'm really adventurous compared to my compared to this guy right here. He wasn't that adventurous as a kid. I, the, you're absolutely right. I was not adventurous. So here's the interesting thing about Preston is that he is in many ways a normal kid, um, likes the foods that kids like and all of that. But in other ways... He's a pretty adventurous diner, and that's because he grew up in our family, and we um, we eat adventurous food, and we like to travel, and obviously I've been in restaurants for as long as I can remember, and so he's got that adventurous spirit, the and ta- he has to try I, new things. I was really young when I started being adventurous. I was about three and... I was about three, about three and three quarters when I started being adventurous because that's when my parents told me I had to be adventurous enough if we were going to go to Paris. That's right. So I started being adventurous I could, and I had about like 20 times the amount of adventurousness a four-year-old would have, a five-year-old would have. That's right. So when he was three two and three, he was a very, very picky uh, eater. And uh, that, I'm sure, will resonate with many people listening to this. But we booked a trip to Paris when he was four. He was four and a half at that time. And as we got close to that trip, we were like, "Uh uh-uh, he's got to be more adventurous. He can't have chicken fingers and pizza and, like, chicken and broccoli from the Chinese restaurant down the street. We knew we wanted to take him to some uh, different kinds of restaurants and some 
uh, high-end Michelin-starred restaurants, which he did. He had his first Michelin-star meal when we were in Paris. He had two different Michelin-starred restaurants when we were there. One, re, uh, the thing about the foods I was eating is not about that I didn't like them. It was mainly about that I either wouldn't try them if I never had them, or I just had no manners and I'd either like gobble it up and not use a napkin, or like, or like it just stay in my face all, all night. So like. You get the idea. Yes, absolutely. Okay, I want to go back a little bit. So, like we said, there are many ways that you are a normal kid, and there are many ways where you're sort of abnormal, and, sort of extraordinary. And pause. You know how we said about about we, we're taking it too far? I think we took it 15 million steps too far. So <laughs> let's back out. Beep, 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 beep. I love it. Thank you very much. So we'll back it up. When you go to a restaurant, what what makes you bored at a restaurant? What makes me bored is when, like, it's not when, like, the food is just, like, too normal, you know? Like, when I have too much original or normal food, it sort of weirds me out. So I'm going to I'm going to change that answer for just a second for just a second, because um, I think there's something else that annoys you. You get bored sometimes when we're at restaurants. Sometimes waiting for food. Waiting for Wait, food. Wait, and another thing that is the I I think the most annoying um, thing in the world is when there's no cushions of where of where your b u t t is sitting, <laughs> and and especially when there's not, almost nothing to lean on back there like that. Remember that steak I, we were talking about back yes. then. I ate it at a restaurant. I mean, I like that restaurant. The only thing I didn't like about it is that those chairs, the back part to rest on was super uncomfortable. Yeah, interesting. I forgot yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. But, like, it, otherwise it was really good. There was a band. The food was super good. And the design was really fancy. It was really, it was a It really was just beautiful. that one thing. Yep. So, okay, so let's talk about it. So. I know you don't like this, and you just said it. You get bored sometimes when things take too long, right? Yeah. Which I totally agree with, I, and I think I think that's something I want to talk about. Um, what sorts of things keep you entertained or not bored <laughs> at a restaurant? Funny things like a dog coming to lick a chair like it's happening right now. He was licking my foot and he was licking your chair. That's right. We've got uh, the bulldog walked in <laughs> while we were recording and started uh, sniffing and then licking Preston's uh, toes. And licking your chair. And You're the chair in. a little bit. Yeah, that was a little bit weird. Okay, let's get back on track. Okay, get back. Hang on. Let's erase it. Squeaky, 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 squeaky. <laughs> okay, so I-, I totally agree. I think the thing I think is you get bored sometimes when you're waiting. Right? Like we're waiting too long and you're like, I'm bored. And what do you do when you're bored? What do we do sometimes when we're bored? So, sometimes I, sometimes if there's a band, it sort of entertains me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes giving tips. You may think it sounds pretty boring, but in my land, giving people tips and stuff, being helpful and, and, and doing stuff people would want yep. makes me really happy and entertained. Yep. Seeing them happy. Yep. I love that. Um, I think sometimes when they give you something to do, right, like a coloring page yeah. or like a, like a puzzle book yeah. or something like that, right? Sometimes yeah. we like to bring a book so you can read, yeah. right? Other times we bring, other times we sometimes bring my Kindle that I recently got 
about mm-hmm. around towards the beginning of this year, I yep, think. Yep, that's right. Um, yep, we got it. Uh, you got it in the summer before our big trip to New Zealand. Yeah, because right? we'd be walking around and I might get bored at certain points. And we're really all we're bringing is like a few iPads or cell phones or watches and like and right. like that Kindle. Really, and also things we use to survive, such as bl- uh, such as clothes. Yeah. So okay. But not much more. So the things that um, that I want to point out to the audience, right? And we know this, right? That um, that kids flag; they get bored easily. So things like coloring pages and puzzle books and crosswords and stuff like that is good to have on hand on the part of the uh, of the establishment of the restaurant. Um, also, and we know this, parents sometimes uh, pack a book or a little game to play. You've got your canoodle game. It's yeah. a good thing to keep I you also, occupied. And my recently thing, it's very similar to canoodle. The only difference is it has loopy things and there's literally like a limit of where you're allowed to place things. Like in Canoodle, the only limit of where to place things is that they fit or they're in the right shape. Yep, totally. Okay, so then let's talk about restaurants. When do you feel special as a kid at a restaurant? When have you? Can you think back to restaurants? I speak, I, what what really makes me feel special is when like I get to like, Say like I get pulled up onto something like if there's like a band or something yeah. or like or like if I get to go into like the like into the kitchen which yeah. I have done a few times back in Paris and Italy. Yep, that's right. Have you ever One been time in, in the London, kitchen? I think. And in London, have you ever been back there in New York City? Have you ever been taken to the kitchen? Never. Never. So maybe another way you can make these restaurants better is to maybe make. Uh, kids feel more entertained, less bored, and make them feel special. Not like I'm the only I'm a, a kid here. What's the difference? I'm just like a no all that. And they're like, oh, I'm a kid here. I'm so amazed. I'm a kid, and they give us luxuries. <laughs> That's right. So I want to I want to talk about this because I feel so in New York City, and he's been to great restaurants in New York City. Uh, we know a lot of people who own great restaurants. We've uh, we've gone to them, and while they take great care of us, um, and, and great restaurants that you would know of, uh, great famous restaurants, um, they don't, uh, they didn't go above and beyond. Certainly not the way they did in uh, when we were in Paris, when we were in London, when we were in Italy. I will say numerous times, and in London, and in London, yep, numerous times. You got taken back to the kitchen. And in fact, in Italy, do you remember? We went to a two-star restaurant. Yeah, two and Michelin they stars. even gave me a chef hat. Which they gave I you a chef's hat. Only- Why? Because I, they thought I was special, and because like usually, kid, uh, usually kids that come here have to like have to like really act good, or else they get kicked out. And then I was acting really good, so they let me in the kitchen, and they gave me a chef's hat. Which, by the way, I have no idea where it is right now. I know we got to find it somewhere. It's but fine. listen, it was when we got there, we gave us a tour. They gave you, took you back to the kitchen, let you meet the chef. They gave you a chef's hat. I think the kitchen was last. No, they took you there first. And then later, when it was time for our entrees, they took you back and had you put on the hat because they had you help plate your entree. Do you remember that? The pasta volcano. Oh, yeah. I sort of remember, like, having to, like, give them the plate, I think. Yes, you gave them the plate and you drizzled the sauce a little bit. And the little garnish, like the little basil and the parsley over top. A little bit. So... They greeted us when we got there. They took us on a beautiful tour of the property. They took us to the table. They whisked 
Preston off into the kitchen, introduced him to the chef, gave him a chef's hat, showed him around, everyone said hello, and they brought him back out to the dining room. Now, this is not just a restaurant. This is a two Michelin star restaurant, by far the fanciest restaurant he had been to in his life at that point. Then we go in, we have our meal, and there's all kinds of multiple courses there. And right before entrees, they say, excuse me, young man, can you please put on your hat and follow me? And Preston did. He put on his hat and he followed him back to the kitchen. Because I'm a rule follower. Because you're a rule follower. And they had you, remember they had a big TV screen, which was really interesting. This is Don Alfonso, just outside of Sorrento in the Amalfi Coast. And they had him plate his meal and we got to watch him do it. And then he came back out, took his seat, and then they brought the dishes out and served us all. It was like, and it made our day, it made his night, it made the whole meal. More than that, it kept him engaged at numerous points. Finally, the last thing I will say about that particular restaurant is that on the way out, do you remember they let you pick out pasta sauce and a pasta? Do you remember that? Um, a little, I think. They did. At the end, they said, do you want to pick out your own pasta sauce and one of our pastas here? Because they made fresh pasta there. I remember and they the pasta part, but I don't exactly, sauce. I don't remember the pasta sauce, but I remember the pasta. Well, it was very late at that point, and uh, you probably don't remember because you were very But I do tired. remember the pasta part. Yep. And so we brought that back to the house, back to the villa where we were staying, and we ended up having that for a meal a couple nights later. Like at every step of the way over the course of what was probably a three-hour meal, um, they took the opportunity to engage with him. And I will say, when we were in, uh, in Paris, uh, the same thing. They brought him back to meet the chef. Um, at one point, remember we ate on Christmas Day, we went to the Four Seasons for dinner and do you remember they gave you towards the end of the meal they gave you a bag of candy and a red balloon do you I remember, do that? remember that in Paris. yeah so again it was like a three-hour meal it was a michelin star uh restaurant and my wife and i were finishing our entrees waiting for our desserts and you could tell the four-year-old was maybe starting to get a little tired and what they did is they brought him a bag of candy it was little gummy candies yeah and I a red tell. balloon kids love balloons kids also love candy the candy, I didn't. I barely ate the candy because we didn't have time. But like, False. I you actually a ate a lot of the candy. Yeah, but like there was a lot in there, so we didn't. There was. Finish. You didn't. Yeah, you didn't finish it. You took it with you and you ate it the rest I of the week. I took about half of it. Yeah, you I ate. About a, half of it. You ate quite a bit there while we were sitting. Yeah. My point being is that I, I think we like to pretend. I, I think. We like to pretend some restaurants that were really good and accommodating, and I think we can do better. And that's been very obvious when I've traveled. Um. I also think we tend to ignore kids, right? And, and I think we're all guilty of this, certainly in full service and nice restaurants. The family walks in and we go, ugh, family, the kids are going to be so unruly. They're going to be disruptive. But they're customers. They're paying customers. Their parents might be paying for them, but they are paying customers. And we should treat them yeah. like regular people. Act right. like you actually care about us kids. Yeah, we, we might be upset and then you might and then you might actually get less customers. Cause people have kids, they might think it's rude and they might not like never come back again or that, something. So don't act like the bad guy. And second of all, especially don't do that if you want to start earning money and have more customers. That's right. It's a form of discrimination, and I think we're all guilty of it at one time or another because we know kids can be difficult to take care of, and again, they can be unruly, and they can get impatient and make a mess and make noise, but I think they do that because they get bored. They do that because there's nothing that they want to eat. They do that because we're expecting them to sit there and act like adults, but I don't think they are, and we shouldn't pretend that they are. They are not adults, but they are still people and we can make sure they have a really really great time 
don't act like there's something that like that is just like a ghost who's doing it who you're trying to capture act like they're actually people which they are by the way and actually treat them fairly so you can get more customers money and everyone likes your restaurant the less thing the more things you do bad or unfair the like the let like the more things you do that the let the less things like money customers and business you get that's right so you always want to treat everyone fair including not things that are restaurant like that's right so I've been in this industry for 24 years, and obviously kids changes you. Having a kid changes changed my perspective on what we do and uh, in the industry, and it gave me a better vision for how we can take care of, because so many people out there have kids, and they dine with their kids, and I think... I think we can do this better. That was the point of this conversation. It's why I wanted to have Preston on um, to talk to you. What else do you want to say about restaurants? Anything? Before we answer that, let's take a quick break. Okay, the break is done. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think we're going to do a break. (laughs) That was the break. (laughs) Okay, now back to the question. Well, let's talk about how we can make the look like like how we can get more things to entertain them because just because of looks and how everything like feels doesn't always solve this problem sometimes it's also about your tasting and uh, uh, and uh, and like where everything like like how like it what there is like yeah. like if it's just like a good old fashioned like most things are chairs a wall walls waiters make it more interesting for kids maybe like make an open window so the kids can see what they're cooking or like maybe yeah. or maybe like maybe may, maybe get some like coloring pads and stuff coloring pads are a so good thing you know what i was gonna say is that i have a friend and she runs a company called Curious Custom, and I'll I'll include this link in the show notes. Uh, but they create uh, coloring books or or uh, coloring pages that are personalized for businesses, and they work for uh, big hotels and restaurants and all these things. But if you didn't want just a generic coloring page, if you wanted something with a bit more um, individuality, uh, some authenticity. Um, go with a company like that. And again, I'll include the link on the show notes. It's a great thing so you can have uh, something that's specific to your restaurant, specific to your – because if you're a seafood restaurant, maybe you want a bunch of coloring pages with like sea creatures and yeah. chefs cooking seafood. And not just that. Maybe maybe do two other things with those. Maybe make choices with them like so that kids don't have one specific thing oh i love that okay and second of all maybe to make it fun maybe like like give them things based on like the name of the restaurant or like style of the restaurant yeah like if it's an old-fashioned restaurant like an old-fashioned diner um maybe you can make like old-fashioned pictures such as a horse carrying carriage yeah or something so here's a really interesting thing right like so many restaurants, they just give kids, they have one coloring page and they give all the kids the same one. But maybe there'd be like eight of them. And every time you come no, in. Eight. How about we increase that? Because that's not a lot of choices. Let's increase oh. that to maybe a, 
uh, quite a bit more. Okay. Let's say about let's say about fifteen to thirty. Okay. So if we had like thirty different ones, and then the kids could come in and pick out which one they wanted to do, because if they're regulars, mm-hmm. if they go there all the time, maybe they're sick of doing the same page. Maybe they're like. I'll do this one today. I'll do this one. I've never done this or one. Or maybe if they finish one, what? What's the whole point of coloring another one? The real, the only difference you could do is maybe co- put the other colors. But after a while, you might be bored of the same yeah, thing. Yeah. So maybe get another one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's easy enough to do. Um, what else haven't we talked about when it comes to kids in restaurants? Let's say we can do stuff. Let's talk about more about the menus food you're serving, the sizes, and more about the style. Let's talk about those four things, and we'll see what else comes to our minds. Let's talk about dessert. Kids love dessert. Yes. I love dessert, but kids all love dessert. Yeah. The main thing that kids would want, if a kid could choose any meal, it, it would probably be dessert. Probably because it's, like, sweet and it has, like, extra sugar and stuff. That's right. Kids love dessert again and the thing they love most is sugar <laughs> if you could just i i i want to show you i've seen enough cartoons um uh, ki- some most kids actually just take a, when they just see a bag of sugar they're open it and stuff it into the mouse yeah okay so here's the thing kids always want to get dessert I think you always need something that's an easy go-to, even if you uh, run a really fancy restaurant, having an easy go-to so it's easy to understand. Some kids are adventurous. Some kids aren't adventurous. The other thing is I always think about like a shareable dessert, like like little donuts or little donut holes or things like that, where maybe the kid doesn't want to have too much or maybe the mom and dad don't want the kid to have too much, but maybe just a little something sweet would be exactly right. And also, maybe I was, I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Yeah, I like to think uh, about dessert quite a bit because number one, it's good and everybody likes it. But number two, here's the really important thing on the part of the restaurateur and the chef is that it's a great way for them to make more money. I just remembered. When you said not adventurous, it came to my mind. Maybe don't. Try not, maybe make some foods on a menu. Like, even if you're a really fancy restaurant, maybe make a menu that that most, like, if a kid's cook come, make them, because if they weren't adventurous and you still wanted money, maybe, maybe make this a non-adventurous menu that almost all kids would love, such as things like, like Burgers, pizzas, hot dogs, yep, that sort of stuff. Steak. Here's another idea I had for desserts. Sometimes, right, if family sits there and they don't get dessert, just send an extra, just send a dessert. Because sometimes what happens is a kid might look at it and there's a bunch of words they don't know, but they're going to like it. They just don't know they're going to like it. So send it to them so that they can say, hey, listen, so for next time, right, this happened when we were in Paris. You didn't know what profiteroles were. But you explained it, and then it, I sort of known. And when it came, it looked it looked it looked five times as good as he explained it. Yeah, that's right. So sometimes just send it to them, so then they're like, "Oh, here's another perfect example." When we were in Italy, you tried tiramisu, and you didn't know tiramisu. You yeah. didn't think you liked it. I thought it was just like I, when it said coffee, caffeine, and coffee. I thought it was something like a drink. I thought it was like 
I thought it was like like a cho- like a chocolate great drink, like technically just chocolate juice with caffeine in it. That doesn't sound that good, especially to you kids, right? <laughs> That's well, right. If you well, if you were to bring it to them or show them a picture from like your phone, or if you have like a picture in your pocket of like all the foods or like a menu and it pictures, you maybe you could that would attract them more. Maybe you can get them a, a little tasting bud. Like I never been to Trader Joe's, but I've heard a lot of people say that some foods you can taste a, a little bit of them. You could do like the same thing in restaurants with foods. You could get a little sample and let uh, people taste them, and especially to the kids. That's right. So here's the thing, right? Thank you. Is that if there's a dessert and they're sort of overwhelmed, they don't want it, they're not going to have it. Just send a dessert. It just send a dessert because they'll get to they'll get to know it, and then they'll see it and they'll love it. And that's going to get the kids to say, well, let's go back to that place with that dessert that we tried. Let's go yeah. back. And that kids sway us more than we like to think. Swids are like, no, kids are like, oh, no, we really want to go to this place. No, we want to try something different, yeah. maybe the parents say. Sim- something really similar happened back when we moved to New Jersey. Yep. After a ton of time begging not to come here and then I wanted to come here, after we came, we we found this restaurant that I didn't want to go to at first. It was called The Fox and Falcon. Mm-hmm. But then after I tried a, like some of the food there, such as their steak, which is no longer on the menu ever since it changed, but now there's like a strip bacon and stuff, and now and their desserts are good, their breakfast sound good. I never had, I had them once. Mm-hmm. They're all good. I want to come. I, that, that, if I could choose a restaurant to come back only in the South Orange Village, and it would the only available restaurant I could go to, it would be that restaurant. That's that true. would have to be in South Orange Village. Right. This is there was a point when you didn't want to move to New Jersey, and then you discovered that restaurant. It was one of the reasons why you wanted to move, right? Yeah. It was the day before we moved that we went there because we were just painting the house, I believe, so it could dry the next day. Mm-hmm. That's when we went, discovered that restaurant, and I discovered that was like my favorite restaurant in the South Orange Village. So the biggest takeaways that I want to come across here is that um, children are not adults. Let's not uh, expect them to be adults. Um, but children are human beings, and they are customers. And if we can take care of them, uh, we will drive more revenue and have uh, greater repeat visits and all that. The number two is make sure we're uh, entertaining them. Make sure that we're aware they are not adults. They are kids, and they need uh, something different than the adults need. The last thing that I really the, – the last takeaway that I really want is that we can definitely be better about the way that we engage with the kids. Again, like we talked about bringing my kid being brought back to, uh, to uh, meet the chef and getting balloons and candy and all of that. Those three things, I think we can actually make more money if we do those things better than we're doing now. And also, you want to include the kids. Like, you don't want to just, like, uh, like maybe, like, you, like, skip their orders so their parents have to order for them. That's or, right. Or, like, they literally don't take their order at all. And you're like, and for, and for my, for my daughter or son, like, for my son, wait, no, we got, we know his order. And then you end up not, he, and that person ends up not getting food. You have to include them. That's a really great point. It's almost like we start grooming them for 
how to behave in a restaurant, how to talk to a waiter, how to order food for themselves, all of that. That's obviously a parenting piece. We can't force parents to raise their kids a certain way, but I will say we start grooming them for how to be in restaurants and to enjoy being in restaurants. And also, I maybe we want to make, if the kids don't act good, instead of kicking your entire family out, <laughs> maybe get, maybe put them in like, a kid's room. That's not exactly detention, but like it's a place where you can still eat and stuff, and then you can get like, and it's funness, but only send them there if they're bad because if all because if there are a lot of kids there, then it could get really madhouse. But just a couple of kids there, it could just it could just That's be right. like it could we could call it like wild dinner detention. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> that you're supposed point, to be there instead the, of downstairs. Your point is well made that a lot of restaurants do this really well, where they've got a certain room or a certain area of the room that that is best for kids because maybe it's tucked away, it's sort of out of the way. They can get up and roam around the table. Not that my son does that, but other kids might do that. That's okay, too, and I think that's part of uh, acknowledging and catering um, to them in, in a better way. And note to parents, if your child does that, when you have to go to one of those restaurants, you better teach them more restaurant manners if you want to go somewhere fancier like Paris, England, or Italy. That's right. And uh, the restaurant owners here on the, the listening, uh, obviously, you guys can't teach parents how to parent. But what we can do is we can make it easier for them to parent the kids uh, over the course of the meal. And again, we can start grooming the kids um, to be really great diners in restaurants. Preston, and, what else do you have to say? And also, maybe make, like, if they're bad, maybe go to, like, a quick, like, five-minute class that's telling you, like, how to behave to your <laughs> kids. And then, like, and then you can, so if they're bad, you could just give them, like, a five-minute lesson of how to behave. And for, like, the last, like, two minutes, you practice it. And then you just send them back. So, so it's not exactly, it's like a mini like school lesson. Totally. And then they bring them back to see how much better. And and so, so instead of kicking them out, they'll do that. And if they keep doing it, maybe kick them out or send them to one of those special rooms we talked about. But that's a good try, like an attempt instead of kicking them out right away. Give the kids another chance. They're 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 like they're like three times younger than adults. That's right. So, so give them another Preston, chance. That's right. But Preston, what you bring up a really good point, which has to do with training, is that we can't expect our staff to start treating kids differently unless we show them how to do it. We have to model the behavior on the part of the managers and the owners, and then we've got to train them. We've got to give them the verbiage, the vocabulary. We have to tell them what to say, how to say it, when to say it, and most importantly, we have to explain why we're doing this, right? So the point of this podcast is to change the way you think about certain things, um, and if you agree with me and you say, hey, yeah, you make some some really good points, make sure you don't just go back to your staff and say, okay, listen, we're going to start treating kids better. We have to go back and say, so this is what we're going to do because I think we can do better and I think we can make better diners. I think we can make happier guests and ultimately make more money. But training the staff, showing them what you to do, what you want them to do is crucial. When you said happy guests, you brought up a point. Kids, especially at fancy restaurants, won't be happy if they just, if like, like if they get kicked out or like, or like if they get told that they're, that they better change, they're like, no, don't do this. Yep. And you have to, you don't do, maybe, 
instead of doing that, maybe next time, just say, like, tell the parents that maybe they, you should teach them a, a little, give them a little lesson at home on how to be better at acting at especially three-star restaurants. Yeah, for sure. All right, listen, um, this has been a really great conversation. I appreciate you taking time out of your day. And right before we end this off, let's do one more visit to the menus and foods because that would probably be one of the main things. I, when I was younger, before I was adventurous, I would, I would most restaurants I'd peek in and their menu was like, eh. Sometimes it even took us like, four attempts to find a restaurant I would eat at. Yeah. So, like, so maybe make better menus or a kid's <laughs> menu so yep. make them more attracted to food so you can get them r- there right away and not, like, them seated. The kids look at a menu and they don't like anything or they wa- don't want to try anything so right there. So the last point I want to make is that not all kids are created equal. And I think having a kid's menu is important. And I think having options on the main menu for kids is important as well. We found this in Paris. A lot of places did uh, the regular steak dish, but just a smaller portion for the kids, like my son, who wanted to be more adventurous. And I think maybe there's a middle ground. I don't think we need to put just a cheeseburger and butter pasta and a grilled cheese and a hot dog in a kid's menu. Maybe we can find something that goes along with the concept that's maybe more simplified, a little bit more straightforward, but that still talks to them about the cuisine they're about to eat and all of that. I think that's a really important thing. I just thought one more thing about children being happy and entertained. Do it. Maybe ask them if they seem bored or like they're acting wired because they're bored. Maybe ask them like, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? Or like, hey, what do you like? And then whatever they reply, you can do something similar to what they said. Like if they said, you want to be a writer when you grow up. Maybe give them, maybe ask them if you want to write a nonfiction book, personal narrative, history book, or like a comic book. And then if they reply something, or say they like, say they like drawing, maybe give them a blank piece of paper or a coloring page. Love it. This is perfect. Listen, out of the mouths of babes. Preston, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Thank you for appearing on the podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. Now for the final pause. Once again, I got to thank my son. I don't know if he's going to listen to this. He probably will. Maybe he will. So uh, thank you, Preston, for taking time out of your busy day to sit and chat with me and to share uh, your experiences, your insights uh, with the audience, to all the audience out there. I hope you got something from this. I hope you understand there is a method here to the madness. Um, kids make up a, a meaningful portion, for the most part, a meaningful portion of our uh, of our nightly reservations. Families make up a meaningful um, a percentage of our reservations, and I think if you can, uh, if we can better serve the kids, we can better serve the families. I think they'll be more apt to come out. I think they'll stay longer. I think they'll spend more money. I think they'll have a better time. I think they'll bring other families with them, and I think we will make more money. If we take care of the kids, we take care of the families, we can make a better experience, and there are a couple of key ways to do that. Number one, understand when they flag. Understand, number two, how you can keep them engaged. Number three, treat them like the VIPs they are mom and dad will thank you number four think outside the box bring something new to the table they don't dine like adults so let's stop pretending that they do or they should they're they're not they can't but 
they are still paying patrons. The, the parents are paying for them. So the question is, how can you best um, how can you best serve them? Because if you can serve them, you can then serve the families, which is uh, which is really what we want. In any event, I appreciate you guys being here. Thank you very much. One final reminder again about the P3 Marketing Summit. It's a little less than a month away, but tickets are nearly sold out. We're capping the event at 100 tickets, three days, five workshops, two networking events, both with Open Bar. Did I mention Open Bar? Those tickets can be gotten by visiting restaurantstrategypodcast.com. Uh, click the banner across the top tickets right now are 497 go get those tickets i promise you're not going to regret it it's going to be a great event that's it for me i will see you next time